God has placed a special calling on every one of our lives. Every one of us. God draws us to himself. God reaches out and he speaks to us and he draws every one of us to himself. God calls us out of ourselves to himself. He wants to have a relationship with us. Our calling from God has different parts to it. I think the very first calling that we receive from God is a call to salvation. He calls us to accept Christ as our Savior. And so we have this call from God to step out by faith, admit that we have sinned, we've done wrong, believe by faith that what Jesus did on the cross, recognize that that was for our sins, that he paid for our sins for us there. And we confess those sins and ask the Lord to forgive us and come into our lives. That is a calling from God. That's what God calls us to do. He calls us to salvation. But another thing that I think he does for every believer is he calls us to service. He calls us to serve him, to serve others in his name. And so all of us have this this calling on our lives as well. He calls us to serve. He calls us all to ministry. We're not all pastors. We don't all, you know, work in the sound booth. Don't, we don't all work in the, the children's barn. We don't all work on the setup team. But there's something that God would have all of us to be doing within His church body. And then That gift and those abilities, of course, they go to our homes, they go into our communities, but this is a call to service for all of us to be involved, to be a part, to be doing for the Lord, working for the Lord, because we recognize His blessings, His great blessings on on our lives. So there's a call to salvation and a call to to service. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. He urges us to walk or to live in a manner that is worthy of our call. He has called us to salvation. He has called us to service. And he says we need to live or walk in a manner that is worthy of that call. What, is, what does that mean? I mean, we, we want to do that, but what, what does that mean? The word worthy here means equal weight. It means, it means balance, okay? So here is our calling from God. Here is our conduct in our lives, our behavior, our lifestyle, right? And so God has called us to salvation, and this is our conduct. God has called us to be a Christian. Does our conduct show that? Do they line up? Do you, do, are you understanding this? This is how we walk worthy of the calling. This is God's calling. This is our conduct. This is our life. This is how we live. Do they match? Do they line up? And this is, 
He called us to salvation. This is our call. This is our conduct. Does that line up? He calls us to service. He calls us to, uh, to, to serve him and to serve others in his name. So does our calling and our conduct as we are serving others, does it match? Does it line up? So, well, what, what, what does that look like? I mean, what does it look like in our lives if we are walking, walking worthy? What does that conduct look like? God's called us. Well, what exactly does that conduct look like? Paul tells us in, chapter, in verse 2 of Ephesians 4. He says, with all humility and gentleness, that's meekness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. This is what it looks like. He just tells us, this is what it looks like. This is our calling. God has called us to salvation. He's called us to service. This is our conduct. What will be part of our conduct, it'll be in our lives, is, well, the first thing he mentions, it's humility. Humility. So here's our calling. Here's our conduct. There's going to be humility in our conduct, in the way we're carrying out our lives. It's going to be evident in our lives. Humility is the opposite of arrogance. It's the opposite of, I have to have things my way. I have to have, you better do this my way. This is all about me. This is our calling to salvation and to service. This is our conduct. And in our conduct, there will be humility. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the Lord and his kingdom. Okay? So he, he goes on and he, then he adds gentleness. He says, this is your calling. This is your conduct. There will be gentleness in your conduct. Gentleness. This is not weakness. This is, this is uh, power under control. And in this, it's... Gentleness is the opposite of mean. It's the opposite of mean-spirited. Do you, do you know what gentleness is? It's the opposite of harsh and the opposite of cruel. So we look at our lives, and does my life line up? Am I living worthy of God's calling on my life? So that's our question. This is God's calling. This is my conduct. In my conduct is their gentleness. As I serve others, is their gentleness. Then he goes on and he, he says, patience. So this is our calling. This is our conduct. There will be patience in our conduct. This, this word, it's literally long-suffering. It is putting up with. It is, it is the, um, the ability to stay calm and wait the ability to stay calm and wait on God's plan for our lives, the ability to sit calm, be calm, and be still, and to, as others are aggravating us, it is long-suffering. This is what we do in marriage. <laughs> this is what, this is, in our marriage, this is what Toby does with me. She is patient with me, right? This is in her conduct toward me. It is necessary, okay? Long-suffering. This is God's calling. This is our conduct. There will be humility. There will be 
gentleness. There will be patience. And then he mentions love. Bearing with one another in love. Putting up with one another in love. So, I, I, I just want you to get this, okay? This is our calling. This is our conduct. Do they line up? Love is going to be in our behavior, in our conduct, in our way of thinking. Uh, Love's going to be there. The unconditional love, the same love that God has for us, the same kind of love God has for us, we are going to have that for others. Okay, it is I love you anyway. You've done thus and so, but I love you anyway. That's what comes out. This is our calling. God has changed our lives. He's given us a new life. He has put his Holy Spirit within us. And here's our calling. Here's our conduct. And these are the things that are in that conduct. Okay, there is humility It'll show up in the conduct. There is gentleness. There is patience with others and the ability to wait. There is love there. Uh, so he goes on. We're not going to read all these uh, verses. Maybe sometime we'll preach on the, all of this. But he goes on and he talks about unity in the church. And so this is our calling. This is our conduct. In the church, is there going to be unity? If... We're living out our calling, and if our calling balances with our conduct, in our conduct, there's going to be humility, gentleness, patience, and love, and there's going to be unity in our church, right? Because we're going to be peacemakers and not troublemakers. There is a vast difference between those two, and it, ju- it just flows. And so Paul says we need to work toward, you know, maintaining that unity, you know, of the Spirit L- later on in, in the chapter. Uh, Paul mentions some uh, specific gifts that he gives leaders in the church. Uh, Some specific callings that he gives leaders in the church. We all have a calling. We all have specific gifts. But some specific gifts that he gives leaders in the church, uh, he has a list of those. And one of those is shepherd-teacher. It's shepherd-teacher. It's pastor. And so... This today, this is what we are talking about. We're talking about God's calling on Dallas's life of being a shepherd teacher, being a pastor. God's calling on his life. God has called him out and set him apart. And we're recognizing this today. We're just recognizing what God is doing, right? God has called him. This is Dallas's conduct. We have been watching his conduct. We've been watching his life. And we see that it lines up. We look at it. We say, well, what, what is, oh, no, what's, Dallas is going to be the pastor. What's his, what's his ministry going to be like now? Humility, gentleness, patience, and love. This is, this is, do you understand? This is the guy we know. You know, he's been here. We have watched his life. This is the calling. This is the conduct. Shepherd, teacher. As our shepherd, he will walk with us. As our shepherd, he will tend the sheep. And if a shepherd tends the sheep, he has to touch the sheep. 
And if the shepherd has to touch the sheep, he's going to smell like sheep. He's going to smell like us. Because he is walking with us. He's going to cry with us. He's going to laugh with us. He's going to be with us through those difficult moments and those glorious moments in our lives. He's going to be our shepherd. As our teacher, he is going to to lead us with biblical truths. He's going to lead us to teach us how to love others, love God, love others, and make disciples. So he's going to open up the Word of God each week. And he is going to teach us as our pastor. He's going to lead us as our shepherd, teach us as our pastor. That's what he's going to be doing. I challenge you, church. I challenge you to step up and answer God's call on your life. Answer God's call for you. God has called you Answer God's call for you. Step out and say yes to the Lord, whatever He's calling you to do. If it's salvation, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, accept that call to salvation. Accept God's call to salvation and say, yes, Lord, I I want Jesus as my Savior. Answer that call. Answer the call. I challenge you, church, to answer the call to service, to step out and serve even more than you have been. And you guys are, I mean, this whole thing is run by volunteers and the the volunteer hours that go into Grace Meadows. It's just, it's astounding. It's amazing. You know, it's just amazing. And thank you for that. Step further. More of you step up and answer the call to service. Dallas, as our pastor, is going to lead us. We just join with him in answering our call. Dallas has answered God's call for his life. We answer God's call for our lives. And the kingdom of God is built. That's the way God designed that whole thing. Dallas's dad is also a preacher. And Dallas's dad, Walter, is with us today. Walter, come on up, head on up. Well, you know Walter. Uh, Walter preached last week, and boy, what a great sermon that was. Walter preached last week, and I have asked uh, Walter to come and to uh, share some today and for him to talk to Dallas. Come, you don't want this out of you. Thank you, Ira. Yeah. Oh, I may need that. Oh, good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't mean to be that loud uh, this morning. I was telling Dallas the other day I was having a hard time thinking about doing a, a, a charge to the ordinate. You know, in the old institutional way of doing ordination, you had a, a, a charge to the church, which Ira just wonderfully did in, in, in a great way. And then you have a charge to the candidate. And they asked me to do the charge to the candidate, and I'm like, I'm his dad. You know, what am I supposed to say? And I told Dallas I was having a hard time with this, and he said, well, do what you've always done. Just get up and tell me what to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, and <clears throat> you know, I, I really have struggled with this, and, it, and, it's, uh, and I think I know why now. Uh, I've done services like this, many services like this through the years. It's been my wonderful privilege to see many 
uh, young men uh, and women, I must say, ordained to the ministry through the years. And, and it's been a privilege to do that. And when I got up to do a charge to the candidates, it was always from the position of pastor. It was always from a position where I could hide behind the, the uniform of the clergy, where there was a certain authority and a certain way people looked at me that said, this guy's close to being perfect in somehow. Well, I'm Dallas's dad. <laughs> he knows I'm imperfect. And for some reason, coming from that point of imperfection, him knowing all about me, my worst points and my high points, to be able to challenge him and tell him what to do in this special calling called ministry is just incredibly, incredibly difficult for me to do. But maybe that's the point. Maybe the point is, is that God works through imperfection. God always has. That there's this thing called grace that makes it all work. There's this thing called grace that is motivated by love that helps us to have that long-suffering, that forbearance, that willingness to put up with each other's smell as being sheep. Right? Dallas has seen God use my ministry through the years as imperfect of a servant as I have been to accomplish things for the kingdom. God can take a crooked stick and beat a straight path. <clears throat> Dal, I know you. You're a crooked stick, right? There's no doubt about it. You have your imperfections, as we all do. You know, it should have been a hint to me one time many years ago when I was pastor at First Baptist Church, Elmont, Texas, a little spot on the road just north of Waco. And Dallas was in preschool at First Baptist Church, Waco. And I would go by and pick him up about midday after he was finished with preschool. And usually they were out playing when I would come pick him up. But this day I pulled up and Dallas was sitting by himself over on a telephone pole that was on his side. And I thought, oh no, he's gotten in trouble. So I walked up to him and I said, Dallas, what's going on? And this is typical Dallas. I mean, we're talking he's like six, seven years old at this time. He looks up at me and says, nothing extraordinary. <laughs> and I'm like, surely something's going on. Why are you sitting over here by yourself? Did the teacher make you do that? He goes, no. I said, well, why are you over here? And he goes, because they're all stupid. And I said, Dal, you know stupid is a curse word in our family. You don't use it. He goes, but they are. I go, what, what? Tell me what went on. And they had a discussion in their class about God as creator. And Dallas said in class, he said, well, God created everything. And one other little boy said, no, no, he didn't. God didn't create the devil. And the rest of the class then piled on with that little boy and said, God didn't create the devil. And Dallas got frustrated, and the teacher then sided with the class. But Dallas knew better. Dallas and his convictions at six or seven years old 
was willing to go set by himself in his frustration, understanding that he understood what the truth was about God's creation. I should have known when he was six or seven with that conviction of spirit that he had in his heart about what was true about God. Yes, he still has a little of that stubbornness in him today. You need to know that. But he's an incredible, incredible young man. Probably our most touching moment together was when I was in the hospital just recently and had to be rushed back down for some emergency surgery because I was bleeding out and my lung had collapsed. And came back and I was in the ICU room there in Dallas, came in the room later and just came in by himself and he put his head down on the bed and he was praying and then he just kind of looked at me and he says, I'm so thankful you didn't die. I don't know if you've ever been there with a loved one and some of you have, but those moments peel back all the stuff all the stuff that we put in our lives that keep us from being real with one another. I want to tell you, Dallas has an ability to strip away the stuff so that he can be real. He will be with you. He will walk with you. Dallas, I do want to say a few words to you directly, though. And I'm going to base them, actually, out of a, bene, a Franciscan benediction, a prayer that has touched my life through the years and helped me put a lot of things in perspective because, you know, when you grow up in your ministry, you learn a lot of things and you realize maybe years later, a lot of things you used to preach, you would never long, longer preach again because you've matured and learned and understood more. This benediction goes this way. Listen to these words, Dal. May God bless us with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that, we, so that we may live from deep within our hearts. Dal, you've never been satisfied with half-truths or superficial relationships. Don't ever give in to that out of expedience or to please someone in the church. Live deep in your heart. May God bless us with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of God's creations so that we may work for justice, freedom, and peace. You've always had a heart for those who have been marginalized, those who have been oppressed. Don't shy away from that, especially in today's world that we live in when it's just so easy to malign or push people aside because we don't agree with them. May God bless us with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, hunger, and war so that we may reach out our hands to comfort them and to turn their pain into joy. It is a difficult world out there. This congregation is probably full of people that are hurting. Always understand that. Always understand that people are suffering in this world and that you 
and God will enable you to put your hands of comfort into their lives and to turn their pain into joy. And may God bless us with just enough foolishness to believe that we can make a difference in the world so that we can do what others claim cannot be done, and that is to bring justice and kindness to all our children and to all our neighbors who are poor. Dallas, I'm foolish, foolish enough to believe that God can use you to do amazing things in this church. I'm foolishness, foolish enough to believe that this church can become a lighthouse, not just for the Tri-Cities area, but all across this state and this country. It's time that we strip all that baggage aside and be real so that the kingdom of God can be seen here in this place. Let us pray for a moment. Lord God, I thank you so much for the opportunity of this day. I thank you for the blessing of it. I thank you both for the joy of it and the seriousness of it that hits us all at the same time. I thank you for this church, the many wonderful members of this church, some that I've known for many, many years, and the testimony that's here and the love and acceptance and grace that a person feels when they attend this place. Father, this morning I thank you for Dallas and Morgan. I thank you that you have led them to this point in their lives to where you are setting Dallas aside for the ministry, for the call of preaching and teaching your word, for the call of shepherding your people, for the call of being your representative in those most difficult times that we face upon this earth. Lord, put your hand on him. Give him strength in the difficult times. Give him hope when things look dark. And give him strength of soul so that he might help and guide others through his example. Just bless him, bless Morgan, bless the family, bless this church so that your kingdom might grow and so that your name might be glorified. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. to come and to kneel and those leaders whom we have designated to come and pray with Dallas if you'll come forward now
Morgan, would you come? You don't do this pastoring thing alone. It takes the whole family. They have three beautiful daughters, and uh, I just ask that you guys embrace them and help them and encourage them in the days to come. I want to present this certificate of ordination. It says, we, the undersigned upon the recommendation and request of Grace Meadows Church at Jonesboro, Tennessee, which had full and sufficient opportunity to for judging the God-given gifts and after satisfactory examination by us in regard to the Christian experience, call to ministry, and views of Bible doctrine, hereby certified that Dallas Crouch was solemnly and publicly set apart and ordained for the work of the gospel ministry by the authority and order of the Grace Meadows Church, October 16th, 2022. Thank you. Let's stand. Amen. I want, in our conclusion, I want to invite congregation, all of you, to come and to lay hands on them and to say a prayer for them. Will you support them? Pray for your church. Pray for Dallas and Morgan and their family. Would you come now and just lay hands on the one in front of you if you're comfortable doing that? You can stay where you are, of course. Father, I thank you for Dallas and for Morgan, for their lives, for their ministry, for those three precious girls. Lord, I thank you that you have raised them up for such a time as this. Lord, that you have prepared them to be here at this time, that you prepared Dallas to be the shepherd teacher that is needed right now in this place. And Lord, we set him apart for you, for your work. Anoint him from on high. Anoint him with your spirit. Lord, use him. Be blessed by him. And Lord, help us, the church, be able to surround him and hug him and hold him and support him in the years to come. Lord, thank you for your grace, for your amazing, amazing grace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.
Hallelujah. Barntoberfest, what time? Five o'clock. Have a great day. Lord bless you. You're dismissed. That was a beautiful presentation. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here.